The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Thursday the 16th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And Marsha, if you're wondering why I paused after I said the date, because I just remembered it's my sister's birthday. So well, happy, happy birthday, birthday to her real quick. Get that out of the way. Even though I know she's not out of the way. It. it is a great honor to wish your, <laughs> your sister happy birthday. Yeah. But uh, as soon as I said 16th, I went, oh. oh. So so you're 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 under the assumption she's listening to you every day on the radio. Oh, they do. Well, <laughs> hey, my, pa- my parents do. Her probably not so much, but parents do for sure. For sure. But uh, as you just heard, our first guest is joining us in studio. It is uh, Martinsburg City Manager Mark Baldwin and Assistant City Manager Andy Blake. How y'all doing this morning? morning. Good. Welcome in. Thank you. We had a we had a tough time getting here. This I was going to say how uh, how the how the move go. How's the new digs over on Viking Way? Move went well. Um, a lot of work behind the scenes, and and Andy and some staff really took that project on and coordinated a lot of activity over the past several months, but. June 3rd, we made the move, and, and the 6th through the 10th, we were sort of shut down to the public while we were getting organized, IT, phones, computers, and starting this past Monday, we're open. We're there. Nice. How's your, you got any, got a good office, get a good pick of the office, the temporary office? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. It's nice because we're at 206208 right. um, Viking Way. and you got plenty for, of space. The sweet buddies. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the public's knowledge, 208 is where all the services are, the, the you know, Water, sewer, fire, mm-hmm. garbage, planning, department, engineering permits. Uh, 206 is more the administrative side. And yeah. That's well marked now, but um, just people getting acclimated to where we are. People well, are going to be spoiled because no parking meters here yeah. in the parking <laughs> lot, right? For, for it's two a big years. parking lot for employees and, and, and customers, so it's it's worked out well. and. And it was five two, and he's like, "Are we walking?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, "I'm not walking." He's like, "We'll be there before we get to your car." And, uh, well, he makes a good bad. point. Yeah, no, it's not too yeah. bad. That's for sure. And I'm glad to hear that the uh, move went well. Now, um, what is the? Uh, do you have a projected kind of timeline for the construction and kind of completion? I guess for the new uh, city hall. Yes, actually, um, we just got an email from our architects confirming that. They are uh, trying to get the uh, bid documents uh, uh, out in uh, August and with a bid awarded by October with hopefully us back into City Hall in the first quarter of uh, 2024. Oh, wow. That's a pretty quick turnaround. Because so, it looked like from the mock-ups, uh, there's not a ton of like big structural changes, but I saw there was like kind of a uh, second floor. Uh, it looked like the second floor was going to be either expanded or something like that. So are there some big changes coming to the new City Hall? The city hall has both exterior and interior improvements. I mean, it's a total gut job. The original city hall was built in 1986. All the mechanicals are uh, need to be uh, replaced. 
you know, as you know, the police department moved to their new facility and the downstairs has been vacant for a long time. And I tell Mark every time I walk down there, I don't know how these guys work there. Mm-hmm. It was such a cramped space. Now, if you go to the new police department, I no, mean, it's gorgeous. when we first walked there, um, before there's anyone in there, we're like, this is really big. And now when you get people in there, it's like, actually, it's it's the right fit. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about it. We're glad the move's over. I mean, it was like moving your house times 50. Oh, <laughs> sure. My goodness. Some people might not want to go back <laughs> and some people might. So we're excited about it. It's just one of many, many, many projects that are going on in the city. I, I was thinking this morning, it's like, um, it's like your kids. Some of the projects are your favorite, even though you can't admit it. And some of them are, give you trouble. Come on, Andy. What's your favorite? Some of them make you, you know, they might be a little bit more costly. You mm-hmm. know, some of them like they need braces and a, a summer trip and all at one time. I, I, I know his favorite project. What's his favorite project? He, he's really excited about the Frog Hollow Trail. Hey, you oh, and me both. Yeah, Jordan, too. You guys should start a fan club. Yeah. I am excited about the Frog Hollow Trail because it creates a spine throughout the oh. city now. Yeah. The Frog Hollow Trail was a game changer when they when they removed the railroad tracks. And we have the final drawings for that to go out to bid. And then if you connect that to Creekside and to Lake Thomas and over to War Memorial, it's the first time that every neighborhood can basically be connected. So I, I can't admit that it's one of my favorite projects, but between that and Lake Thomas, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> well, All right, yeah. say, I'll admit that it's uh, the Frog Hollow one's definitely one of my favorite projects that you have going on. And we just saw the other day on your uh, City Hall Facebook page about the Lake Thomas um, kind of plans that might be in the works. So talk about that a little bit. And um, what is Lake Thomas? Well, Lake Thomas, it's, it's been there forever, but of course it's fenced and tree lined. Uh, it used to be a quarry. Quarry filled up, and you know that 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 owner at that time deeded that quarry to the city, and it's pretty much been you know fenced off for security purposes for several years. Um, there's been discussion over the years about what could happen there. It's just no plans ever been developed. And, I hear there's big fish in there. Yeah, there is. How are there yeah. fish? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, people will throw uh, some fish in there. I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. who knows over the years? But yeah. um, but. Actually, um, there are absolutely no oh, fish. Oh, yeah, you're there. right. You're right. Oh. You're right. It's gated off. It's gated Don't think off, about no it. Fish, Nothing to see here. Nothing. Um, we, we fix the holes in the fence all the time. It's dried up. Yeah, yeah it's fine. But Parks and Rex is doing a st- strategic plan, and, and Andy's a part of that committee, and, and Andy had the suggestion of, you know, now's really the right right time to put this into play and to look at that connectivity, and Andy can tell you a little more about that. Yeah, tell us about it. Like, what, what, are, what, are, we, boats or? what are we thinking about putting there? Well, the whole area is 14 acres, and the lake itself is nine. And, you know, Public Works is on the east side of that, so we need to stay away from that. And Jeff has told us, stay away from that. <laughs> and we will stay away from that. <laughs> I promised him. And so this master plan will, you know, be phased. And, you know, I think there was an article this morning in the newspaper, and Bob was absolutely right. I mean, the easy, the easy softball is let's just try to get a trail to connect the north from Oatsdale over to War Memorial Park, which isn't that difficult. Mm-hmm. Getting to the water is a little bit more difficult. I mean, it's a quarry with cliffs. Yeah, it's sheer um, rock faces, isn't it? You know, people have brought up fishing, kayaking, um, you know, paddle boats. That's just something that the experts or the planners are going to have to mm-hmm. show us. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, it's going to take some studies. It's going to take money, whether it's city money, foundation money, grants. You know, the good news is, is that there's a lot of opportunities for grants for this type of work. We're excited about it. It's the first time it's really been looked at. We're not looking at 
any sort of heavy development there. It's passive recreation. Yeah. No, no car, you know, no cars, nothing like that. You know, if you look at the preliminary analysis, um, you know, we have a trailhead beside the water plant beside Oatsdale already. And that's where the main, um, action would take place. And if you, if you look at the aerial, you can get from War Memorial to Lake Thomas to Oatsdale yeah. to Frog Hollow over to P.O. Faulkner. And then to eventually the take trail. You, yeah, and take you all the way to so, uh, Charlestown. This is a really big, I mean, yes, it's not going to be overnight, but again, I won't say it's a, I won't, I won't rank my favorite projects, but <laughs> it's a favorite project. That, that's, you that's guys should cool. make t-shirts and just, you know, build <laughs> he's, he's Frog probably, Hollow now. He's probably the only person I know has walked Frog Hollow more than anybody uh, as we speak because he's walked true. it several times yeah. when we were downtown. He just walked it at lunch. That's going to be so cool. <laughs> that's going to be super cool. I'm it, excited it for that one. But that, you know, Mark, Mark, but there are almost 15 other mm-hmm. projects on the books. I mean, hey, the underpass, is that done? It's still under construction. Yeah. Still, right now, if you go through there, it's a lot of demo. It looks nice, though. Yeah, it's the a lot new of demo. One. Yeah. Like, it'll just never get done. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of demo work and clean up, and hopefully that'll be done soon, and they can get to the pretty stuff. And, and we're hoping by the end of this year, you know, before the weather flies, that that project will be completed. So I, I understand uh, it was revealed in one of uh, probably Andy's posts, uh, the, the Martin Street uh, area, that's kind of the template for how downtown, um, you know, revitalization can go on, on streetscapes. So what is next as far as, you know, what streets are going to get beautified? I think the next one will be right after the North Queen Street underpass project. We already have um, a grant, eighty twenty state city for the design of a streetscape from Queen and Race to Pennsylvania Avenue in Queen. Same type of concept, sidewalks, mm-hmm. decorative lighting. Um, and we actually got awarded several months ago the construction part of that. So we're ready to design and construct and maybe in the spring we'll start that project. Spring of 2023. A lot of stuff going on. And we've, you know, shared with the developer of uh, of Interwoven, which continues. Say, yeah, how's that come, going along? That, um, the streetscape around that will fit the template yeah. of Martin Street. They they are currently doing removal. They have filed for building permits to continue that are under review. That's always good. Always good to get those permits in. So uh, it, it's progressing. Good. Yeah, that's an exciting one too. It's it's yes. neat to see just the even just see the trucks like inside the area of the plan. It's cool to see. It's just nice because we we talk about these projects all the time. It's like, okay, who are we talking to? Are they real? Is it going to happen? Well, it's happening. So you can can see it. So let's keep our fingers crossed. They keep moving. Mm -mm -mm. Well, go ahead, Marcia. I was just going to say, so um, do we know yet what uses they're going to put those buildings to? Or is that, are they still kind of farming those out, trying to get, um, you know, folks to come in? You know, they focus on apartments and the overwhelming majority of that, I think it's three, don't, quote, 387 market rate apartments with around, you know, on the frontage there of King Street, they're looking at, um, you know, restaurant, brewery. I think it's 5,000 or 7,500 square feet. Their primary focus was was residences in order to boost, and their theory is, and we don't disagree with it, that it will boost the existing businesses downtown so they're not competing with them. They're trying to bring it back to life. They're trying to get residents downtown. You know, the Shenandoah, you know, I think we mentioned this the last time we were on, was a good pilot to show that urban infill apartment housing has a market here. And, you know, the Shenandoah to this day still has a waiting list to get get in. And, you know, good, you know, it was the canary in the coal mine. And, and the, the developer of Interwoven saw that. And that's why they're here. 
Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we just have about a minute before we have to get to our first break. And I want to bring up a uh, complaint that, of course, once I started wow. telling you about it, I found out <laughs> and I knew that this was going to happen, that it's you can pass the buck on it. But I live in, in, in downtown, right? So I'm crossing the streets, walking <clears> dog, <throat> doing whatever. Uh, the crosswalk lights never change. And I was going to bring it up and say, what's the city going to do about it? But there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Well, sure there is. Um, it's nice to know these things. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how we find out and fix problems. Uh, right now, he'll never stop putting That's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I, we explained that that's a state road. Those are yeah. state signals. But we have a contact at West Virginia DOT for traffic control. And it could be just a reprogramming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, If we have an electric outage, sometimes there's a reprogram. So we'll, we'll, we'll give them a, a shout. Cool. Lastly, uh, you guys are getting ready to have a four-day weekend, and in the city, there is going to be big doings. Uh, we've got Yield Berkeley happening, and Unity in the Community. Anything you want to let the listeners know about that and traffic and all yeah, that? You're, you're right. I mean, Main Street Martinsburg and the Unity in the Community is, is going on this weekend, so you have a, a Saturday-Sunday event, and you have the uh, also the events for, for Juneteenth going on at the, the Plaza on Winchester Avenue, uh, Farmer's Market, and some activity there, so... There's going to be something for everybody, I think, all weekend long. Um, so the weather's supposed to be good, I believe, and gives people an opportunity to come out. And those are nice events. That's that's Absolutely. what we want downtown and, City, and throughout our community. City Hall closed Friday and Monday? Yes. Uh, we were closed Monday for West Virginia Day, obviously. And then the governor came out with the proclamation here a few days ago that Juneteenth um, is to be celebrated on Friday. Um, we follow the, the state's – we follow the state's – Guidance on holiday schedules, Absolutely. and so uh, the city employees have another oh, day off. Shucks. Absolutely, four day yeah. weekend, man. Well, uh, Andy, Mark, thank you all for joining us this morning here on Panhandle Live. And uh, you know, you could take some of those bird scooters and just fly zip on right across. Then you not waste any gas, nothing like that. Well, real quick, we think there's a future project for some upgrades at this intersection, crosswalks, and 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 that signals. would be so, nice. We got our first experience. Now we can really push that. There you go. go. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for joining us this morning. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it, for the break, we had Martinsburg City Administrator Mark Baldwin and Assistant City uh, Administrator um, Andy Blake on. Yeah, to uh, talk about all things Martinsburg and with City Hall moving. And that seemed like it went pretty well. And then a bunch of great mm-hmm. projects that are uh, coming up, which is very, very exciting. Absolutely. Know. It's but, nice to have them in. Made the, the long walk over. I know. Can you imagine <laughs> seeing them just flying around? You can schedule group rides on the Bird Scooter app. Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, you group can rides. meet. So, everybody can meet up. <laughs> like, Could segways. you imagine could you seeing the city council and everybody, mayor and everybody, mm-hmm. just going to work on a scooter? I, be I don't good. know if that's completely safe. I yeah, mean, think you don't of, know. Think about where, you know, the, the designated survivor oh. the whole, like, you know, you don't really <laughs> want to have the whole cluster of city leaders on scooters out there in the open with this kind of traffic. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. So I think you're right. Maybe, I, I will have to they, agree with you there. Maybe they don't do a group ride. 
Yeah, I'd have uh, to agree with you. But uh, joining us via phone is our next guest already. Hopefully he, it is him. <laughs> Marshall Wilson uh, via phone. Welcome in. Howdy, ma'am. Thank you so much for letting me call in. <laughs> Thanks Morning, for sir. Coming. Well, I, I thought you were coming in, so I, I thought, oh, where is he? So I'm glad you were able to make the call in. You no, may- it was absolutely my intent to come in this morning, and I got up early this morning and was writing a paper for my Ph.D. program and completely lost track of time. So as as one will do when yeah, one is writing Yeah, when I've PhD. written my Ph.D. paper before, I think I've ran out of time, too. <laughs> Please, please forgive me. I, you guys are important to me, and you're important to the community, and I didn't mean to be disrespectful. Thank you so much for reminding me. Uh, no disrespect uh, taken, but uh, you made an announcement this week. Of course, as some folks know, you were a, a previous uh, House of Delegates member out of South Berkeley, and um, obviously the primary uh, has already happened last month, but you made an announcement uh, this week about your candidacy for the House of Delegates. Can you uh, let folks know about that? Well, absolutely. Of course, you know that uh, primary only applies to the two major parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. And, of course, I was elected twice as a Republican. And uh, halfway through my second term as a delegate from what used to be District 60, South Berkeley County, now it's District 91. And, of course, the borders have changed a little bit, but basically it's South Berkeley County, the southern third of the county from from Morgan to Jefferson is is pretty much... uh, District 91, so that's where I'm running. Um, effectively, uh, halfway through my second term as a an elected Republican delegate, um, I was asked by the chair of the West Virginia Republican Party to leave the party because uh, I kept quoting the Constitution to them and uh, asking them to uphold and defend the Constitution rather than uh, you know many of the things they were doing, like trying to. Uh, like raising the gasoline tax, like, uh, you know, various other things that, that the Republicans have done. Your Republican supermajority and your Republican governor uh, have have done to the people of the state of West Virginia. And, then, of course, in, in uh, 2020, when, uh, when I was still in office from my second term and uh, Jim Justice imposed all sorts of unconstitutional and ethical and moral and illegal uh, um, mandates upon the people of the state of West Virginia... Um, I, as a sitting delegate, contacted the Speaker of the House and said, you know, we need to call a special session and put an end to this. And he said, well, you know, he's the governor and he can do whatever he wants. I said, no, that's, that's absolutely not true. He's accountable to the people, and we are the representatives of the people, so it's our job to hold him accountable. And uh, as a uh, former emergency operations planning professional, which I did for years, I helped to write the emergency operations plan for Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina, and then I also did similar work in Maryland, um, I, I was able to stand up and say, look, here, here's the deal. The governor only has the right to call or to declare a state of emergency under these conditions. These conditions have not been met. And not only that, but, but it's subject to the legislature uh, endorsing this. And, and so they have not. And what I mean by that is the legislature can actually shut it down if they call a session or if they're already in session and they vote to shut down the governor's declaration. Well, the governor hadn't even come close to meeting the requirements for an emergency declaration. Uh, And, you know, of course, basically the Republican supermajority in the House and in the Senate, in the legislature, kind of said, well, you know, he's he's the governor and it's an election year and he's a Republican and we're Republicans, so we're not really going to do anything about it. And so your businesses were destroyed. Uh, My barber in Inwood was arrested for cutting hair, a 72-year-old veteran who just cuts hair for a living. 
in spite of all of the additional safety measures that he put in place, only letting one person in the shop at a time, cleaning the chair after every person, all that kind of stuff, um, they arrested him, (laughs) put the man in jail, and put criminal charges on him for cutting hair so that he could feed his family, so he could pay his bills. Our guest this morning, Marshall Wilson, he has announced that he is now going to be on the ballot under the ACT, the Americans Coming Together Party. You just listed a laundry list of complaints you had against the sitting supermajority Republican Party and the sitting uh, governor whose uh, administration you'd be under should you be elected. How will you work with them should you be elected, and um, who would you caucus with? Well, uh, I would caucus with both of them, both the uh, you know both of the major parties, and then hopefully uh, any other minor party uh, representatives that we get elected, delegates that we get elected. Uh, you know, there are other parties out there, and there are other parties that are more serious about your constitutional rights than either of the two major parties. Uh, that's the problem: is that everybody thinks, well, it's going to be one of the two major parties, and it doesn't. Uh, there are other options out there. There are citizens who love the Constitution, who will stand up for your rights, uh, even if you know your rights allow you to do things they don't like or that they don't agree with, because they believe that if your rights aren't protected, then their own rights or their children's rights aren't protected. And I'm, I'm one of the major proponents of that philosophy. Uh, the fact is that the gentleman who is currently in the office um, has basically done nothing to protect your rights. And um, it's time for someone to step up and do it. Now, for, for two terms, as your delegate for South Berkeley County, I did that. And you can look back and you can watch you can watch my speeches. You can see how I voted. All of that stuff is public record. But I stood up regularly and brought the attention back to the West Virginia Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, the founding principles. I teach all of this at a college level. I'm working on a Ph.D. in national security public policy. I have my master's in national security. I have studied the Constitution to its roots. I mean, I'm talking going way back past John Locke all the way Mm -hmm. to Aristotle and the foundations of Western civilization. There are three pillars of Western civilization. They are Athens, Jerusalem, and Rome. So that's Greek philosophy, rational thought, and then there's Jerusalem, which, of course, is the Judeo-Christian ethic. And you don't have to be a Jew or a Christian to recognize the validity of the Judeo-Christian ethic. I feel like you need your own podcast to yeah, explain some of this get stuff. We do podcast. I'm trying to say I don't want to interrupt you because, uh, I mean, it's interesting. interesting stuff that you're talking about here. But again, we're speaking with Marshall Wilson. And unfortunately, we have to get to our next break here in about a minute. And I want to give you some time to let people know how to get in touch with you, and especially if they have any questions. Yes, sir. So uh, we've, got a, we've got a website, and it's marshallforwv.com. Marshall with two L's, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, four wv.com and uh, when you go on there you'll realize that it's actually the campaign for my gubernatorial campaign which will take place in 2024 i ran for governor in 2020 i'm running for governor again in 24 and i'm running for delegate in 22 and uh you know a lot of people are confused about how i got on the ballot since i wasn't in the primary once again the primaries are just for the two major parties if you are not a member of one of the major parties there are a couple of ways to get on the ballot and one is to collect signatures on a petition. I collected enough signatures, my name will be on the ballot. And uh, that's uh, it's because I'm standing up for my kids' rights and your kids' rights, and I'm uh, I'm going to uphold the Constitution no matter what it costs me. And speaking with Marshall Wilson, thank you for uh, taking a little time out of your busy schedule to chat with us this morning on Panhandle Live. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time. Take care. Absolutely. Take care.
Again, that was uh, Marshall Wilson running uh, in the Americans Coming Together Party here out of South Berkeley County. If you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on, but we do have to get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll be back with more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. Come always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it, we have Marshall Wilson on before the break to talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, so if you missed any of that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But we do have our next guest joining us on the phone from WVU Medicine. It's Dr. Ryan Miller in to talk about Men's Health Month, which is the entire month of June. Uh, Dr. Miller, thank you for joining us this morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being in. So uh, this is probably a a very important topic because uh, most of the men that I know aren't great about the whole preventative (laughs) maintenance on their own bodies. So talk about, you know... This and what's important, and, and when people need to get screened. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. So, like you mentioned, um, the big the big thing is men actually, on average, die five years earlier than women, and I think it's part of what you said as they're more reluctant to, reluctant to go to um, a physician. Um, and I talk about this to my patients. Um, that most of the women that come in and say, "I'm going to try to get my husband," or "I'm going to try to get my partner in to see you." but they just reluctantly won't go. So women are actually twice as much um, more likely to go to a doctor than a man. So very important um, that we emphasize this month, you know, fathers, sons, partners, that we get them in to have them screened because the purpose of the month is to um, heighten awareness um, of preventable health problems and encourage early detection so we can help aid in that process and kind of take some worries away from people. So what are some of the things that uh, we should be looking out for? Yeah, so, I mean, things, uh, some things kind of aren't preventable, right? Some cancers aren't preventable, but things like lung cancer, prostate cancer, um, and aside from cancer aside, heart disease and depre- depression, mental health, um, especially as we get older, depression and mental health is, is something I don't think we talk about as much mm-hmm. um, that needs to be talked about. Um, but heart disease, so things like obesity, diabetes, stuff like that, um, that kind of aid or tend to lead to heart disease, um, very important to come in and get, you know, numbers checked, blood pressure checked, um, and then, you know, talk diet with your physician. But you shouldn't, uh, and I'm saying this a little bit from experience, Marsha, as you're looking at me, um, we shouldn't think that, you know, going to the doctor just for a checkup means that we're going to die in four days, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So (laughs) I'm the same way, and I'll give a shout out to my wife, because today's our 10-year wedding anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. (laughs) Thank you, and she is the... um, she is the one to tell me, me being a physician, she is the one that says, hey, quit complaining, go see, you know, go see somebody, quit mm-hmm. complaining, go see somebody, because it kind of takes the worry away, and I think sometimes we're afraid of bad news, so mm-hmm. um, that kind of keeps people away from, you know, coming to see us, but it's not always bad news, and I tell people, you know, the most important part of my job that I take pride in is prevention, not so much diagnosing things, so preventing things from happening, so I um, I sit and tell my patients, you know, the ones that are diabetic or whatever, you know, your numbers might look okay, but 
10 years from now, you know, you have a heart attack or something like that, you're going to come back and you're going to say, you know, what can I do now? And, you know, that might be too late. Well, obesity, obviously pervasive in the state of West Virginia, diabetes, you know, a, a kind of a, a go along to that. Obviously, we, we talk about that for, you know, both sexes, that, you know, prevention, weight uh, management and all of that. But something that is specific to men, prostate cancer, how pervasive is that and how important is early detection? Yeah, prostate cancer, um, you know, very important. And I get that question a lot as far as men that come in. They're like, you know, I want my prostate checks. I want my prostate checks. And there's a lot of controversy, too, with um, prostate checks and PSAs. Um, a lot of ongoing studies, whether PSAs are good, which is PSA is a blood test um, that kind of can detect um, prostate cancer, but also as kind of we age as men, our PSAs do tend to rise. Um, so I guess my thoughts would be if you're just, if you have, you know, family history of prostate cancer, or if you're having any urinary issues that are abnormal, um, get in, speak with your physician, and then we can talk about next steps as far as detection goes um, for prostate cancer. We're talking to WVU Medicine's Dr. Ryan Miller about Men's Health Month. Now, I just had a birthday uh, the other day, and I will say, thank you, I will say that um, I am in my in and around my early 30s, okay? So what should I be thinking about? Should I just be coming in and getting some normal checkups? Should I be doing anything now that I'm getting into my you know 30s proper now? Uh, yeah, so a lot of that depends on, you know, um, First of all, yeah, getting a checkup would be a good idea. You know, there's not too much, too much prevention stuff as far as for 30-year-olds, except for, you know, the big thing I, I talk to my 20s, 30-year-olds is kind of preparing your body for older age, right? So doing what we can now um, to prevent those diseases in the future. So if you're overweight, you know, we talk about losing weight, um, getting your cholesterol checked, having your blood pressure checked, you know, so blood pressure control is key, especially when we're younger and it's silent. So you're not going to know if you have high blood pressure um, unless you actually get that checked or screened. And then getting a glucose check to make sure you're not diabetic. Um, so those are kind of the main things for a 30-year-old, so to say. Perfect. Again, speaking with WVU Medicine's Dr. Uh, Ryan Miller, again, at Men's Health Month. And I thought it was important that you brought up a little earlier about mental health because I feel like, um, like you said uh, as well, it doesn't get talked about uh, for guys, uh, you know, as often as I think it should. So um, what are some of your suggestions when it comes uh, to kind of keeping all that stuff in check? Yeah, I, I just try to encourage my patients to talk about it. I mean, I think as men, and, and this might be a, like a biased thing that we tend to feel like we need to be stronger um, and take a lot of the weight on and not really share our feelings. So um, I kind of encourage people, you know, it's okay just, just to talk about it. And, and I try to make it comfortable for them to tell them, you know, there's not a, one day that goes by in clinic that we don't talk about depression. We don't talk about anxiety um, multiple times per day. So people are starting to talk about it more, I think, um, but again, the older generations, I, I just, I just think they don't talk about it as much. And that's also important for family members if they, if they feel, um, you know, it's just something's off with a, you know, a significant other. Or so to get them in or encourage them to come in and, and speak with somebody about it. There, there's been a lot of uh, talk about, you know, removing the stigma around uh, getting mental health help that, you know, maybe it should just be seen like a regular doctor's maintenance check to go sure. in and get therapy. Um, are, are men more likely to hesitate going in for therapy or group support meetings? Um, I don't know if that 
is true. I would say probably with my patient population, but I'll say most of my, as far as therapy goes, most of my patients are resistant to it for the simple fact of, I think, time. And nobody ever thinks they have time for it, which we're all busy and such. But I don't think they think of it as important or if it will. I, I guess it's because therapy is such a long-term thing. It's not a you go in, you see somebody, you know, here's, here's what you need to do. It, it takes time. Like I tell people, you have to build relationships with therapists and really kind of break down those walls, which take time to do. So um, I think they just people don't think they have the time to do that. So if we could find a way to, like, encourage people to do therapy, that would be great. But mm-hmm. it, it's on that aspect, I think people, um, that kind of scares them off regarding therapy and such. Yeah, we've been speaking with WV Medicine's Dr. Ryan Miller. Uh, we have to get to our uh, last break of the day here in just a few minutes, so I want to give you some time uh, to let people know where to go to find out more information, especially about Men's Health Month. Yeah, so there's 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 tons of information. I was even doing some research. There's tons of information online if you if you if you look up Men's Health Month. But I would say the main thing is, um, and kind of for this month is just starting to try to tweak diet, um, set some health goals, and then get educated on screenings and, and really encourage those that you love in your life to. Um, you know, the big thing is we're just on such a physician shortage as well is getting hooked up with a physician sooner than later. Um, and I would say the most important thing is that I hear from my patients is, well, everything's working fine. Everything's working fine. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. Uh, it's working fine until it's not. And, um, you know, I try to tell people, you know, colon cancer, just, just for, you know, for specific people are like, hey, you know, I'm not having any issues with my bowels. Well, not any issues until you are having issues, and then when you're having issues, it might be too late. So uh, the key is to get in, get screened, um, talk about um, some health goals with your physician, and just be healthy and happy. Perfect. Again, Dr. Miller, thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. And that was WVU Medicine's Dr. Ryan Miller talking about Men's Health Month, which is the entire month of June. And it does seem like it all kind of boils down to stop being so hard-headed and go to the doctor, right? <laughs> Now, what are you talking to anyone in particular? No. Are you? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. We have we've had two guests who took a lot of time out of very important things. You know, today is his anniversary. Yes. And uh, of course, uh, Marshall Wilson was working on his PhD. Uh, so appreciate our guests being on today. I have a traffic note to pass oh, let's hear along it. to folks. Um, this is up in Maryland. The Maryland uh, State Police in Hagerstown are advising folks that Leitersburg Pike is closed between Clooper Road and Layman's Mill Road. There is an overturned tractor trailer. Oof, that's yeah, not that's good. That's a bad day. That is not so, good. That's a tough spot right there, too. That's getting that's a busy little part of town nowadays right there. Well, nothing's happening right now. Nope. <laughs> except getting that tractor trailer out of the way. That so. is correct. But we do have to get to our last break of the hour. When we come back, uh, we're going to do a little gas gauge and kind of uh, you know recap everything for today. Because for a lot of people, Marsha, this is a Friday. Friday. (laughs) Go figure. Nice. Nice to know that. Nice to know that. But uh, we'll be back anyway. So stick around for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Warner, alongside me is Marcia Kavalik. 
if you missed it, we were talking to Dr. Ryan Miller from WVU Medicine about uh, Men's Health Month. So uh, a lot of important information in there. If you missed any of it, listen back to it a little bit later on today. But speaking of important information, there is a ton of stuff going on downtown in Martinsburg this weekend on uh, Saturday specifically. Uh, it's the, uh, community, it is Unity in the Community from 12 noon to 5 p.m. And there's going to be all kinds of traffic closures and things going on uh, downtown. And they're all going to start... Uh, it'll go into effect at 9 a.m. Saturday, and then we'll uh, Some of them be reopened at, at 6. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at 6 a.m. Saturday, um, and then be open at 6 p.m. Saturday. So the 100 and 200 blocks of North Queen Street will be closed at 9 a.m. The 100 200 blocks of South Queen Street at night will be closed at 9 a.m. 100 block of East Martin Street will be closed at 6 a.m. The East Martin Street parking lot will also be closed at 6 a.m., the 100 block of West Martin Street will be closed at 9 a.m. The 100 block of East Burke Street closed at 9 a.m. And the 100 block of West Burke Street will be closed at 9 a.m. And if you want more you know, detailed information on that, you can find it at the City of Martinsburg's Facebook and website. You can also go to panhandlenewsnetwork.com. Uh, it is there as well as some other articles. Um, the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office has been very busy this week, and there are some really interesting um you know, court cases that came down. We've got everything from uh, firearms charges and and drug deals to uh, recently, I I think it was Wednesday, yes, yesterday, um, there was an an illegal immigrant who had been deported because he had been in this huge prostitution sting where he was selling women by the session. And so they were like, don't come back. Well, he came back. He admitted to having having come back in April. Hmm. So um, he was just in federal court in in Martinsburg um, yesterday. So that that story should be, I I think I'm processing that that may not be quite up at the at the um, website yet. But uh, also there is a listing of the 20 Eastern Panhandle students who were recognized yesterday as Golden Horseshoe winners. And of course that was the rollout for the. Um, the newly designed sword that was created Mm -hmm. by students at Musselman High School and James Rumsey Technical Institute. Now it's time for your daily look at how bad gas prices are getting around the four-state area. Uh, Still, the rudder is the Tabler Station holding strong, about 10 cents cheaper every day. It seems sitting about 459 still, uh, and then everything else is around 469, 479, and uh, about 479 is where you're going to hit your max. Except for the rudders, the Tabler Station uh, down in Inwood is at 459. Now you go down around that way uh, fairly often. Have mm-hmm. you gone past that rudders? Is it packed up all the time? I I haven't noticed that, but like like I say every time, go go for the cheap gas and also get a chocolate milk. It's so good. Absolutely. Definitely get the milk, that's for sure. <laughs> Down in Winchester Way, 449 at Costco, 449 at Sitco. Wow. On Valley Pike, 449 at uh, the Sunoco on Valley Pike. And some of those, the Murphy's, I think, is cash, right? Yes. It's the cash price, yep. 453 or something. And then uh, some of the other ones I'm seeing, apparently there's super cheap gas. Is it this one, the 711 Charlestown Road? Uh, Carneysville is a 449. But I, as people were posting about a. Was it the Seven Eleven down in Shepherdstown? I oh, think that okay. uh, was super cheap, like four nineteen the what? other day. Now, I'm sure it's not that now. You, you better check your sources. I know. Say, I'm be, sure it's people not. People are going to be caravanning down <laughs> to Shepherdstown. I'm sure it is not that now. But at one point it was. Um, but yeah, it's the one down in Shepherdstown. Yeah, I have to try and. Uh, four nineteen seems like an aberration. That just yeah, like they seem... they messed that one up. Well, I saw mm-hmm. a video where somebody had a, a remote control. That 
connected to the gas to like the LED gas price thing and put it down to like ninety nine cents. Now and then they put like a get sued. I know they put a um uh, sound effect under it of tires screeching as soon as they uh, uh-huh. did it. Pretty funny. Wow. But yeah. So there's your gas gauge for today. It is unfortunate that uh, the prices are still up as high as they are on this, which is in West Virginia for um, state employees, a four day weekend. Absolutely. So uh, shout out to all of our state employees out there that have tomorrow off and Monday off for mm-hmm. that matter. Um, I'm still looking here. 438 at the Rocks in Shepherdstown. Wow. 438, 7-Eleven in Shepherdstown. So, and the new sheets, that's right there. That's like a gas station gauntlet going mm-hmm. into Shepherdstown at this point from Martinsburg. Um, but 438 down around Shepherdstown, which is significantly cheaper than yeah, but anything again, else. If you're leaving from our studios and you're going there versus Tabler Station, what do you are think? you spending I think a lot we're of- about in the middle. Okay. You know, Are you spending a lot of money on gas to go get gas? <laughs> That's true. But hey, while you're in Shepherdstown, just run over to Captain Benner's. <laughs> just That's make right. a day of it. <laughs> there you go. Get your fish and chips or something like that. Or there maybe you go. see what's going on around campus. Well, I guess I like school's the out. Yeah, yeah, school's out. So there's really nothing going on campus wise, which means well, no, uh, the CATF folks are there getting uh, ready. That's right. So you might run into some, you know. Playwrights, actors. Yeah, and we uh, talked to some of the folks from CATF about the, that, which is coming up here this weekend, right? Um, it's next month. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they they take a long time to get ready because it's a it's there four or five full on productions. So right. We'll we'll be talking to them as the weeks progress. Cool. Well, yeah. But uh, we did talk to them uh, uh, last week, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. maybe the last month at this point. Who knows? Uh, all the days are running together for you, but you can find it. You know what threw you off? Because today is Friday if you're a state or a That's municipal right. employee in West Virginia. So time has no meaning. That's right. Except if it's your birthday. And today is my sister's birthday. So happy birthday to my older sister. And uh, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I have she, to get her something? She probably kept you out of a lot of trouble when you were little. No. Maybe got you into a little. She tried to get me into more trouble. <laughs> Because uh, she was always the one that did the, was doing the the good that she was the good one, uh-huh. and I was always the one out, you know, running around, oh, running so around the streets. She set an unfair crazy. standard of goodness. Yeah, in your absolutely. family. Wow, absolutely. But we did love this song as kids, so I feel like this should be the song that takes us out today. But for Marsh Kavalik and Jordan Icewater, it's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WC the WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station.
We're proud to live here too.